I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Del Piero getting off with his girlfriend and Zidane in the corner eating a pizza. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a five-star podcast according to hundreds of people on Spotify, which is quite nice. I know on a previous episode of this Mundial Magazine podcast, I said you couldn't be, you couldn't trust people with a five-star rating because they gamed it, but you know what? I take it all back. I've been wrong before and I, I will be wrong again. This is Reminding You Why You Love Football and we are Mundial, a quarterly magazine that started in 2014. We do long reads, short reads, some funny stuff, merchandise, all sorts. Mundalmag.com to find out more or follow us at Mundalmag. On the day this podcast is released is the anniversary of Nigeria's Super Eagles winning the Olympics in 1996. It's something we've covered before on this podcast. We've talked about it. We also did a great documentary called um, Nigeria's Olympic Immortals. But joining me today are Sunday Seb White. <laughs> <laughs> Mundell co-founder. That's good, that. Um, producer Taribo Tommy Stewart. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Love that. Love yeah. that for me. And James J.J. Bird. Oh. So good they named me twice. Such a fucking pain in the ass. They have to say his name twice because he never comes the first time. I will be Owen Okachukwu Blackhurst, named after Uche Okachukwu, the big man who, Celestine Babiaro told us, was terrified of flying and should have come to Manchester United during his career, but the um, president of the Turkish club he played for did not want him there. And just so you know, Okachukwu is an Igbu name meaning God's will, and I am the manifestation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just for clarification, it's uh, James JJ Koch because he's so good that they named him twice. <laughs> Not such a pain in the ass. James, so, James. So, so good. Well, Very good plan for manager, I could choose. That's the best one of them you've done. Well, I mean, of, just... of the nicknames. It was good. Okay, and today on the um, anniversary of Nigeria winning the 1996 Olympics, we're wearing Mexican shirts because Seb's been at the medicine cabinet <laughs> again. Right. I am wearing beautiful Club America shirt from, from 1996. Oh, it's vintage. It's got a big, fucking amazing, amazing yellow football map badge. And on the back, and I'm going to turn around, is a huge soul yeah. spot. And so just tell them, what, tell them what you're seeing there, Tommy. So you're seeing a, it, it's like a rectangle on the top of the shirt where the player's name would be, and then there's a sun shining in the bottom left corner of that rectangle with some orange and white beams coming off it, and it says salt in the top right corner, and it is beautiful. It I, was is. Just, I was just hoping you'd mention me delts. Anyway, uh, James. <laughs> I know James, you were. James, what are you wearing? Not tight enough. I am wearing a away shirt from the 14-15 season of the Pumas. Pumas. Yeah, iconic, isn't it, in Mexican football? Though? Oh, this oh. is my favourite. Yeah, they're my favourite Mexican shirts, Pumas. Oh, this, this, what, what an incredible illustration that they always feature so prominently on them. Yeah. You'll have that tattooed by next week. Besides. <laughs> Matilda, I'm a Puma now. <laughs> That's I call brilliant. myself a Puma, and if we have a son, he will be called Puma. Uh, Seb, what are you wearing, brother? <laughs> Sorry, that's really good. Was it? I'm wearing the away shirt from the 2018-19 season. And this is a team called Tampico Madero. Now, I'm wearing this for two reasons, and I picked this one because I picked the shirt. Who's that made by Carrefour? <laughs> no, no. Yes. Actually, three reasons. Charlie. Charlie are a great brand, and they make a lot of Mexican... I think they're like the Mexican Umbro. They make a lot of... Uh, Football kits and they're very good and they put some they put some bangers out recently. It's worth yeah. checking out. Yeah, not, but yeah, not so great badges are they? Anyway, go on. Well, no, the badge, this badge, the nickname of this team that I'm wearing is the Brave Crabs. Oh, yeah. now we get you. You know, Soggy, that is a crab on the crest. Yeah, isn't it? Soggy uh, United, you your Wanderers, your tell, Wolves. I'll tell you what, there'd have to be some brave brave crabs on you, wouldn't they, with your IBS? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true seven minutes <laughs> yeah it's true seven minutes till we take a trip to the toilet 
Dampy, yeah, so the Brave Crabs, they were brave, but they got relegated that season as well. But I also like this one. You might not be able to see this and we'll... Oh, God. Well, if you don't, yeah. It's got three sponsors. Got three sponsors. Seb was trying to obscure Sorry, three classic of them football there. shirts. You're not... Uh... Yeah, Seb well, just thought... ripped the shirt off. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that looked a bit uh, Bada Bing-esque. Because it says boing. It says boing, yeah. Well, yeah, but Bada Bing-esque, I mean, you know. So you, you, want, a strippers on your, you want a strippers on your chest? No, no. <laughs> My favourite bit about this shirt, Seb, is uh, that you, we've called you Sunday Seb White for this episode, and it says Omni, Omnibus de Mexico on your sleeve, which is what you get on a Sunday. Yeah. Very anyway. good. Very good. Very anyway, good. You've banged on about that enough. Tommy. Mine is the Santos Laguna Special 2021-2022, which is part of a collection to celebrate the Lucha Libres, which, if you know wrestling like I do, I love wrestling, I still do, despite the fact I'm 33, it is the Rey Mysterio-style sort of Mexican mask. Mm. And what I love about this shirt Good gear. is you've got a picture of the Lucha Libre in the bottom left corner on the front of the shirt, but also the neck is... Uh, I've only just noticed this about 10 minutes ago. It's the same as the back of their mask. So it's like a sort of lace thing, which is yeah. the back of the Lucha Libre's mask, oh. which I love. Just, nice little feature. Just pull it down a little bit again. <laughs> <laughs> we've been, we've spent too much time together, oh, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or not enough, depending on how you look. Well, yeah. Yeah, so there's a series of shirts that they all did around wrestling. The video for it is brilliant. We'll post yes, a link to it. The video, it but yeah, fantastic. Why not celebrate? Can you imagine an English team, an English club doing a version of a Big Daddy shirt? <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a flying elbow off the top rope one day, Seb, when you're not looking. Uh, just sing. If you signal it, then it'll be fine. We know. Well, no, you don't signal a flying elbow. I'll be on top of a bus stop in Richmond. <laughs> Waiting. It's very good. Just imagine. Shit, where is... Oh. You'd still have to jump upwards, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a ladder match, but only one ladder. <laughs> okay, then. We support these. We support these. We support these now. We support these. We support these now. I heard it when it wasn't like opera. Uh, that wasn't opera. <laughs> <laughs> Show tuning. I was doing opera. You were doing you opera. You have, James. Let me just clear. Yeah. One of the worst singing voices of all time. It's, what? It's no, 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 no. I'm not having that. I'll take a lot, but I won't have that. Anyway, we've we've talked about this before. So we support these now. Oh, it's all of us. It is all of us. The day this podcast is released, the day after, the weekend following it is the beginning of the season proper. We know the Premier League's a week later, but it's not all about the Premier League. But this weekend is and the hopes, the dreams, the fears, the new sign-ins, the warming up to see people you haven't seen and you only see at the match, the thinking about where you're going to finish, the you've looked at the fixture calendars, you know when your rivals' games are, you've picked the games you're going to, there's some outsiders there that you might be able to go to if you can pick your battles indoors. Yeah. It is the time when nothing's been ruined yet. Yep. Everything is stretched out in front of you. An eight-monther, you know, there'll be the Christmas period there. You've got it all, all coming. So today we are supporting the hope of the new season. We could talk about the teams we support, but that's that's pretty boring. As fans of the game, I suppose, with this, and, and, and working in football, there's other teams you start to love. And I think most people like have other teams they look out for. It's not just us who do it. but Although there's that one um, fan on Facebook who don't, doesn't think we should be allowed to wear German shirts. And, and if you're still listening, mate, fuck off. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Jesus, wet man, what a thing to complain about. You cannot wear the kits of your rivals. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we said? Yeah. yeah. He said I that you wouldn't get the Dutch people in a Dutch podcast wearing... You wouldn't have a Brazilian wearing an Argentinian shirt? All right, mate. I think you would, actually. This podcast's not for you, mate. No. Leave peacefully, though. Don't leave a one-star review. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a... Yeah, no. He didn't have a profile picture either, just a head. Uh, it, might, it might be a wum. It might be a wum. Yes, it might be a wum. It might be a wum. Could be a James Bird <laughs> sneaking around. James and, James and Seb, two sentimental men. Men who get attached to teams and spend all their weekends looking at the results of, of other teams and... and talking and telling other people about it. And their infectious enthusiasm for teams they encountered along the way have led to some great chats, great pieces in the magazine, and, yeah, just some just some great experiences, really. So, mm. James, apart from Wolves, 
Which team are you going to be looking out for this season and why? Well, I'm definitely going to be looking out for Leighton Orient. Ooh, oh, 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 The O's. Exactly. For a couple of reasons, they've just sort of come out of a very turbulent 10, 15 years, really. Mm. The sort of Bacchetti years, their owner, uh, an Italian businessman with some very dubious connections to Albanian waste disposal. They were... You know, some very difficult years for fans of the club. They almost went extinct. And then they had, you know, the, the tragedy of uh, Justin Edinburgh um, passing away. They uh, hired Richie Wellens at the sort of January of last year. And I think there were four points from safety in 20th when he took over. He dragged them out of relegation. And then last season, he got them promoted to League One. Um, so I'm going to be following Leighton Orient. We Yep, we published a, a article in the most recent issue of the magazine written by Thomas Theodore, um, all about those sort of the carnage of the Bacchetti years and sort of how they've pulled themselves out of out of that. Uh, some beautiful photos by uh, Niall Hodson. So I'll be following. I'll be following the O's. Well, the... will you be going? Uh, do you know what? I might go. Yeah. It's very, very close to my house. It's probably a 15-minute walk. It's Brisbane a fun Road. stage in Brisbane Road. I've, I've been there to watch Wolves in the year that we got promoted from League One when they didn't. Because um, Wolves... they're back in League One now, aren't they? Later they're back so in League One. After all the shenanigans. I once saw the biggest dead fox I've ever seen outside Brisbane Road. How oh, big? when we did the shoot. Yeah. How big? Massive. Like yeah. A, like I mean, I, you know, I live... You know, I live in Kent, not rural, but more rural <laughs> than London. This? And you see normal sized foxes knocking yeah, yeah, around yeah, Kent. Yeah, yeah. It was like a fucking tiger, this kid. It was. Honestly, sprawled out on the. Like, you know, like a rival clan of foxes had got to him. Like, like when they take um, Vito Corleone down outside the fruit and vegetable. <laughs> <shop. laughs> splattered. We, no, not splattered, no. Le- left out for all to see. That's what we, happens. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> this is so good. Can we write about? I want you to write about this more in, for the uh, for the issue what? for the article. For the, for, sorry, <laughs> I want you to write about. I'm too excited. That, sorry, I've had a, I've had a flat white. Um, no, the reason we were there, Owen, which I think is again quite funny. We Seb did a, flat white. <laughs> very good. We did a shoot for Scots Menswear, who were very good supporters of Mundial in the early days. Certainly, Paul Ramsdale of, of Scots Menswear, and we did a we did a random shoot with some terrace pieces shall we say but there was an array of characters in it michael timms who is now uh, a presenter youtube presenter tea with timsy was then but yeah carl yeah. anker who is now the man united reporter for um the athletic john hoskin who is now a peloton presenter was then a model now yeah hosky yeah. is a very successful peloton and presenter. your mate lee was it lee warner and lee warner had grown his hair similarly to me, it doesn't. He, he will admit he hasn't grown as well. But um, <laughs> I worked with Lee a long time ago. And he, he now works for Manchester City, which is the club he's always supported. A great, a great ladder, a, a great set of. It was a great shoot as well. It was fun, wasn't it? It was bonkers. I mean, Fox story is one of many daft stories from that time. But yeah, Leighton Orient, great place to go. Brisbane Road's a great place to go. Fortunately, the technical Hang shut on. down. Did you know, Seb? James was supporting Leighton Orient, and it now seems you are as well. So let's drag you away from that. <laughs> Who are you going to be looking out for Got this you. season? Uh, I'm going to be looking out for. A team called Walton and Hersham. I can walk there. I mean, it's a 45-minute walk, but it's a nice walk. You like a yump, though. I like a yump. Just, but, keep, um, just keep the marching in order, just in case you get the reservists to never, call you up. You never, the Royal <laughs> Tournament The Royal Tournament is that always call me up. Um, but Walton and Hersham, they got promoted three years in a row. They're owned by a group of young lads that were students when they first, first took over, but now I think they've all graduated. But they're owned by a group of, of mates, really. And they have turned like us exactly. They've turned this club around, and um, it's quite a historically famous non-league team. People don't know Horton and Hersham used to play in amateur finals and stuff like that. But they they play on a lovely, nice stadium that's been bought half built by the council, and they share with the council. And but they've had three promotions, and the atmosphere there's there's something going on there. There's something yeah, my going brother on there. my brother lives in Hersham, and does, yeah. and he. He goes. He take. He started to take my nephew Arlo a few times at the end of last season. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to go with them this year. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would. You know, if you're ever out that neck of the woods, it's a great setup. It's a. It's a great team. It'll be interesting to see what they do because they're going into a league with some big hitters. Do they're any going... of their fans? Yeah. Have they? Have they got any ultras? And if so, do they sing Hersham Boys" by Sham Sixty Nine? They play that when the when the when they come out. Do yeah. they? They do. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Class. Yeah. They... So I saw them. I saw them in the playoff final against Hamworth Filler, and they. 
they just turned the screw in the second half and, and there was two and a half thousand there. So there's, you know, sleepy suburbia, West London. There's something going on there. Jimmy Percy, the lead singer of Sham 69, joined the, um, there was a famous uh, Rock Against Racism gig in the late 70s and Jimmy Percy came on and did uh, White Riot with The Clash. A very good, a very good live version of it, which you don't hear very often. Sorry, James, you've had your, you've had your finger in Wait, the air James, for a while. I, know, yeah, I thought I, he was testing the wind. I, I was just going to add a, add a couple of things because not only are they a group of mates and graduates, they are the youngest football club owner in the world mm. um, and they also are doing you know a lot of their work in terms of sort of bringing the club into contemporary yeah. media times their TikTok they've got something like a million followers on it or something. Wow. well yeah classic football shirt sponsored them as yeah. well for a while yeah. they're the um, reach yeah, yeah, they're doing they're doing bits, aren't they? Yeah, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. And again, it t- ties back to what we spoke about in a recent podcast: the youthfulness and the energy in non-league football. It can be done. Yeah. It doesn't need to be blokes in blazers and ties. It can be kids with an idea and and a, and, a, and a freshness that can actually you know do good things. So, but they're doing it as well off on the pitch as well as off it. So it'd be interesting to see how they do. Great. Well, there's two weekends set up for me and you. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> I was just going to say I'm going to go and see uh, United play Wolves on a, on a <laughs> yeah. Monday night. Are you going the, to that game? First, yeah, season ticket, yeah. Uh, I was offered tickets. But first game of the season, isn't it? Monday night, 8 o'clock. I'll be looking at both those and I will be going, I'll definitely go to Walton and Hershey. Yeah. And I might go to Leighton Orient as well, but I'll probably, um, will also be following the Tinker Man. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to keep an eye on that because I oh, reckon yeah. he'll be out by Christmas, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, oh. no, I, no, I think you might be right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. I think it would follow a pattern. It would follow, yeah. <laughs> and let's be brutally honest: in Italy, they don't they don't hang around, do they? With managers, they quite often um... nothing like a bit of stereotyping. So anyway, <laughs> no, other than the bloody su- Stillus Veronis manager who's been there for okay. forty one years, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's true. It's true. We support the hope of the new season now. Yeah, we good do. Look, good luck to everyone going this weekend. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you get the result you're looking for. Hope you stay safe. Hope you stay safe. Hope you have some nice uh, food and not anemic chips. May all your pints be fizzy if you like fizzy pints, and may your journeys be um, yeah. fun. Yeah, it's it is it's the best. It's the most wonderful time of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> look at Christmas. But no, no, it's true. Adventures in Clubland. We've had some absolute belters on this and today will be no different. So this is where we talk about loans, Indian summers, last chance saloons, beginning of the career, end of the career, little season long sayons, which you can't really remember. But today, um, a man who has every weekend, it would seem, adventures in different club lands, yeah. football clubs, that is, nothing, <laughs> nothing yeah, untoward. Nothing untoward. <clears throat> uh, not like the pet shop boys in the 80s. No, no. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how they met. Yeah, because the clubs they frequented were known as pet shops, and they met they in the pet shops. Yeah, what a band, man! What a pet shop boy. Should have seen them oh. recently. They were playing Wembley. I don't know why I didn't go. Doing a great hit store. Anyway, anyway, Seb, adventures in Clubland. I want the name of the player. Go I on. want the year. Yeah. I want the club. Yeah. I want a bit of context, and then we can go off on one. We have got Ravel Morrison. Oh, is the player. mommy! Not a Lazio, not a Ostersons, but we are going to Mexico. Oh yeah. And we are going to 2017-18 season. And he is on loan. He's currently at Lazio, but Lazio have let him go out because they want him to get into a bit of a rhythm. You know, we all know that his, his career has been stop-start. You know, there's been flashes of brilliance. West Ham, you know, goal at West Ham and, and amazing volleys in training. So he's been given an opportunity to go to Mexico. And again, the only the first English player to, to have done so. And he's joining a team that have not won a league title since 1951. And he's joining a league that is very, very different, very different to what he's used to. And, and he, even in his first game, he's having to deal with things like altitude and stuff like that, which obviously you don't have to contend with playing in the UK or certainly in Europe as well. But he does well. He does well. And everyone want, look, everyone knows, we all hear about the talent that Ravel Morrison has, right? And everyone wants this spark to just ignite again. We all want that because we know how good he is and... I'm not going to talk about what what he's done, what what's rumoured to happen off the pitch, or what is actually running like that. You just want a young lad who's phenomenal at football. There's no fucking doubt about that to do well, and he does well at Atlas. He scored. He's played 25 games. He scores four goals. There's a comp reel on YouTube that is. And normally, I don't like it when people just comp up player 
highlights do you know what i mean it sometimes get in the way of like when you're searching for a specific goal and stuff but this one is really good because it's just all his best skills best assists and it's got all his four goals in and the technique the quality of the player i mean it's yeah he, he, he is a genuinely brilliant footballer i think football failed ravel morrison I yeah think society failed <clears throat> ravel morrison i think he was let he was obviously let go um by Manchester United and you know it was like oh, they tried everything and this that and the other but he could never quite break away from the place he came from as a, as a kid despite however long he'd been in academy and, and whatever else and I'm not going to blame Manchester United for this but I do think he's, he's been he was failed somewhat to begin with and that if he'd have been 26 and going through those problems and helping them win things like say Eric Cantona, for example, or something like that. Maybe more would have been done to help him out. I might be, you know what I mean. I might be completely wrong there, no. but I, I do feel that. And then he obviously gets away from 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 Manchester, so gets away from probably some of the more the influences in his life. And West Ham, and I mean he he's given the interview with Al Morrison. He was flying, and he got bullied out of the club by Sam Allardyce. Because of very much think, so. because of allegations that I won't go into, but that's what he said in his interview. He said yeah. I got bullied out of the club because I wouldn't do X, X, and X. Now I can't prove those things, but he was flying. He was playing all the time. He was the best player at the club. Um, I think he was the QPR after that, didn't he? But did he, did he get was, an England call up around that time as well? Didn't at under twenty ones. But the only other thing I know really about Ravel is that David Priest, friend of the mag, friend of the pod, friend of everyone, maybe not everyone, but. A friend. Um, Priestley was coaching out in Ostersunds and in Birchnell was manager, I think. And they got Ravel on loan from Lazio after this spell. And I messaged him and I said, I said, what's he like then? And he went, he's been playing head tennis for, at Lazio for six months and doing fuck all because he's just been in the reserves. And I've never seen anything like it <laughs> in training. I've never seen any anyone like him. He's fucking unbelievable. And we all know, look, he was like Paul Pogba's hero going through the youth teams at Man United. And Dave's seen some players. He's seen some players. On, on, yeah, hasn't he? I don't even want him to spark Ravel Morrison. I want him to be happy. Yes. Yeah. I want him to be happy and I want his post-career to be happy and I, I don't want to be reading about him like not being able to achieve some sort of life balance when he's retired because his football career, as we would know it now, is that's not going to happen. I mean, you, you can mm. get that, but just just to be happy and just to enjoy it. And you'd have to ask him: Has he enjoyed football, or has the the love for it never, been, you know, has he never yeah. fully had the love? For it? I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah, I'm well, this, the podcast when I listened to an interview with him, and he um he talked about this spell in Mexico and just said it was great because I miles away from miles away from everywhere. He had I think he had his, he said he had his girlfriend and he had his cousin with him. You know, so he had someone with him. So and the training was quite short in the mornings and then it was it sounds like he was having a lot of fun. He was having a lot of you know, he looked like he was having fun on the pitch. Um he wanted to go back, but Lazio wanted him to he had only had a year left on his contract. He wanted to go back to Atlas, but Lazio wanted to get him back, you know, try to get some value out of him, I think, to then sell him. Um, or, you know, make some money off him, I think. But he, you know, and he's, he's been at various clubs since. And and again, I think you're right, Oh, It touches a little bit on what we were saying about Daniel Sturridge. People can sit there and judge, oh, they haven't had this, they haven't done this, they haven't done that. For various reasons, that hasn't happened. He's been, he's, I would argue, he's been extremely unlucky. And I'm sure he's made... He's made a few mistakes. Of course he has. But who hasn't? So, who hasn't? Who hasn't when they're young and, and, and you know, has hundreds, of, you know, tens of thousands of pounds, of course. But it's a shame because we all know, and just seeing this clip, seeing all the other stuff, I, in, in terms of talent, is there, I don't think there's been a better English player for the last decade or so. I can't think of anyone. I don't know. People might want to chip in and say, but... I travelled to watch them a few, a few times, that, that youth team, that yeah. great... I got thought you were going to say fucking Atlas then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the way. No, when, when I was at Union Sheffield, I'd travel over to Manchester. Me and my mate would go to watch that youth team in Altrincham a fair few times mm. with Lingard, Pogba and, and Morrison. Yeah. And I know I'm just probably repeating what Rio and Rooney have said and yeah, Gary it's, Neville it's multiple it's, times. It's, it's, it's different. From... But seeing him, yeah, he was... He was a class above, a class above Pogba, class above Lingard, a but class above he, a hundred million pound player. It's just one of the <laughs> one of the one of the most enjoyable footballers I've ever seen play live. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you mentioned Rooney there because Ravel had a 
pretty successful uh, stint at Derby relatively recently, and there was obviously the Rooney yes. connection there. He then went out to DC not United. Like not as successful. Not as successful no. and hasn't been kept on for another year, but I believe he's still living out there. But I think that there's another person in Wayne Rooney who, for one reason and another, gets a lot of negative press off the pitch in terms of who he is, yeah. what who he is represents, and, you know... Whether or not he's, uh, whatever he's done, he was obviously fantastic on the pitch. But I think that for him to sort of put some form of an arm around Ravel and yeah. give him that opportunity at Derby and then also to give him the opportunity in DC, uh, in DC shows Wayne Rooney in a really, really sort yeah. of it, it does. eternal light. And I read quite a lot about Rooney as a coach mm. at, at Derby and, and some of the things he was doing and he obviously paid the fucking wages apparently himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. He's then taken a bit of turn since he went to DC when he does that team talk about the, the size of his sausage. And, and Have you not seen that? What? And all those American players, he's talking, Rooney's talking about having a tiny dick. No. <laughs> no. no. You've you not seen this? No. Genuinely, no. I haven't And seen I feel it. like I've seen everything on the internet. Yeah, yeah honestly, I've not. No. It's the first I've heard of it. They're, they're flabbergasted after these players. Rooney's trying to give some emo, a, a speech and he ends up talking about having a oh, small cock. I've got to wait to see that. I've Fucking got it. Oh, brilliant. That, oh. And there was that video of him falling asleep in that hotel room and that girl, <laughs> I love that, that. That girl trumping in his face. <laughs> Pretty upsetting. And I don't know what the... I mean, Ravel's younger than Rooney, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rooney, whatever, went on off the pitch. He's... I mean, he's not anymore. He's, but he's Man United's record goal scorer. It will be for a long time. And he was England's goal scorer until Harry Kane took it over. So Rooney, you know, may face some issues off the pitch, but what, what, for whatever reason, he managed to channel it. Let's move on. Ravel Morrison, that was great, said, But yeah, we can talk about Rooney another time. But yeah, Ravel, yeah, I think you're right. We want him to be... Let's hope he's happy. Yeah. Whatever he's doing next. Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Welcome to Valleywood. You had a bong this time. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't been a Valleywood. <laughs> it's so good. Seb hasn't got one. Seb hasn't got one. I need to think about this. Anyone got any ideas, please DM me on social. <laughs> Alrighty then. I've got some ideas for you, Seb. <laughs> yeah. But I'm trying to get away from that. I'm not doing Axel, am I, this week? Axel's banned. Yeah. Well, no, you just did it badly, like you'd never seen him do it, and you were just doing a voice without proper... Can you do it like Elton John? Why? But it was... Uh... <laughs> you... Oh, in what's Hollywood? <laughs> Today, or just in general? In general. Hollywood is just a play on the words Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Where we can talk about volleys. Oh, yeah. Uh, another one of my uh, six out of ten front section <laughs> um, <laughs> things that um, I like to do. But is now we're talking about, so you know what? Seven People seem eight, to like it. Hey? Seven or eight. Well, it, it doesn't even remind you of Hollywood, Seb, as you revealed a few weeks ago. It reminds you of fucking Deadwood. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. We don't need to go over old ground any more than we already do, because this is real old ground. James Bird is going to talk about a volley from before he was alive, I think. Yeah, so uh, today, the star is going on to the Hollywood Boulevard for Ronnie Whelan. Ooh. One of my favourite footballers growing up, Ronnie Whelan. So I'm going to preface this, as Owen has already prefaced, with the fact that this goal was scored before I was born, but... But. As if there was such a time. As if there was such a time. Unthinkable, really. <laughs> Unthinkable. BB. Uh, B <laughs> yeah. Before Bird. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Dark, dark times. <laughs> and it, but it could still be AD, couldn't the, it? The traverse, the traversing of the desert era. Um, <laughs> Anno dickhead. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I remember seeing this goal in... Four one... cock end. Oh. Anno dickhead. <laughs> Sorry, moving on. You saw this goal. Sorry, sorry. I don't want to be an interrupter. We're in Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Anything goes, brother. And you're going to die. Anyway, I saw this goal in one of the sort of build-up uh, compilations ahead of one of the Euros tournaments when I was living at home, so before I was 18. And I couldn't quite believe my eyes. It's Euro 88. Ireland against the USSR. There's a big, long throw coming from the left-hand side 
into onto the into the D of the penalty area, and there is a man with sort of bouffant hair who launches himself into the air and left-footed scissor kicks it into the back of the net. Now. When I first saw this goal, I remember just going, this doesn't make sense because it looked like the kind of goal that wasn't scored in the 80s. It looked more like the kind of goal that was scored then when I was a teenager mm. because of the technical ability of the scissor kick. And Hang on a minute. People did score good goals in the 80s, James. I mean, Van Basten's goal was in the final of that tournament. Exactly. It came after it. <laughs> he silenced the sniper. Um, no, no, I'm gonna let. I'm gonna, go on. Oh God. Um, the goal is scored past Renat Desaev, who at the time is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Good no, keeper, yeah. No doubt, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to watch this goal again after I was assigned to Hollywood, so I thought I'd slow things down a bit. Slowing things down. I realised who it was who puts the long throw in. It's so good. It's Big Mick. Well, James, so good. I realised the same thing because (laughs) it's Big Mick. In that summer, for my tenth birthday, my parents asked what I wanted, and I asked for a shed that me and my mates could hang out in the garden. And I remember my dad and uncle put this shed together. Lots of swearing and sweating. The glass windows didn't go in properly before they fucked off to the pub. But we had a shed to have as our clubhouse. Me, Brilliant. me, my brother, and our best friends who were two brothers who I spoke about. How old were you when this happened? Or ten. Ten. You asked what? for a shed. That is amazing. Not You're just a shed. Shit. It's a bloody clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds great. The slime balls we were called. Oh. <laughs> And we decorated it. Wonderful. And we decorated so it. I just put a lot of football posters on the wall, and there was one. So this must have been a little bit after the tournament or, or around the time of it, because yeah. shoot and match and that were out pretty quickly. And it was yeah, yeah. big Mick McCarthy in little, little Mick McCarthy shorts <laughs> in an island kit winning a big, big header. Oh, yeah. And that reminded me I saw that. But the throw is a, <laughs> is a monster. <laughs> it goes about 50 yards into the sky. <laughs> should we tell it, the, should it, we tell the Mick McCarthy story actually uh, on on this my Mick McCarthy story which is which is it's oh a, yes I mean we could we could I could personally yeah. do a full yeah fifty five minutes Mick about story Mick, is good but I'll, this this story is very good I'll do it quickly because we need to get back to the goal oh god this <laughs> in a previous life I had to go to the Wolves training ground to film a video interview with Mick McCarthy <laughs> which was the editor's letter for a one off digital magazine for Wolves and a sponsor. So, me and Matt Sellers, hello Matt if you're listening, we went and we also took one of my younger brothers, Callum, who's a Wolf season ticket holder, he could, so he could come and help us. Anyway, got there with a script for Mick, Mick walked in, alright, I'm Mick. Hello Mick, I'm Owen, nice to meet you, he said, so what are we bloody doing then, what do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> got this script out. There you go. No one writes scripts for me. Fucking all right. Sat down in the chair. We talked him through it again. Some stuff happened, whatever. Got back to it. So what are we bloody doing? Then what would you want me to say? And I said, well, this, this, and this. He said, can you not write it down? I said, fucking hell. So I had to go over to the bin, (laughs) take the script out that uh, that I had to performatively put in the bin to satisfy Mick McCarthy 15 minutes earlier, (laughs) unscrumple it, and take it back to him. All right. And then he read it, did it one take and went. What? Brilliant. But I mean, Mick McCarthy, all we know about him, we know the fact he refused to meet Margaret Thatcher because he was the son of a miner from Brilliant. Barnsley and said he didn't wow. want... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, point blank, I will not be shaking hands or, yeah, or talking bad. to that woman. There's the, 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 the brilliant video of him... Um, Callous Whisper. When he, when he gets scared by, yeah. by, by a ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a different one, isn't it? Yeah, that's, back, yeah there's, there's, two, two, there's great, two. two great ones. Back to the volley though, James. A big throw, right? And Ronnie Whelan, a, a wonderful midfielder, before a lot of people's times, a lot of people don't remember him, scored one of the great own goals once as well, Lob Grobbler from about 40 yards, which I did as an own mate in the magazine. Yes, yes. But um, it's a shinner. <gasps> oh. He shins it. And I only realised that this morning oh when I watched it again. Now, I had a previous long-held grudge against Wayne Rooney's, Rooney's overhead kick in the in the Manchester derby. and not An insane goal to have a grudge against. Do you know why, though? Because you think he shinned it? No. Because that, I don't think shinning it takes away from everything he's done to get in position to hit it. Sure. What did my head in was the next day, the all the newspapers were like, and it flew off his the middle of his foot like an X set. And it's like, just tell the truth. It's that narrative, like, it's like, oh, we have to build everything up so people keep watching because we're all part of the same bollocks. It's like, it's a fucking shit. It might be even better than it's a shinner. Okay. Okay, so because this brings me you to... Do you bring, think it's a shinner? What, this goal? Yeah. Ronnie Whelan's? 
I mean, it might come off a bit of his shin, Seb. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Nearly his knee. No. Um, <laughs> but Upper even shin. better if it's a knee. <laughs> but this brings me to one of the other reasons that I wanted to talk about this goal, which is because the second top comment on the YouTube video is a lot of skin was lost in the playground of my school trying to replicate the Ronnie Whelan. Uh-huh. legend and for me it's exactly that type of goal yeah, yeah. in that it's a bicycle kick essentially from a long throw it's a goal that you've never really seen before so on a level with you know Roberto Carlos's free kick against France or Zola's Croy finish at the near post or Joe Cole against Sweden where he's one knee and then bang into top corner these are goals that you've never seen before and they are goals that when you're a kid you try to replicate for hours and hours and hours in my nan's back garden, yeah. we had a, one of those tiny goals from Argos. There was a set of concrete steps that led yeah. up to the house. And I used to spend hours passing the ball with my right foot against the step so that the ball would come back up in the air. Yeah. And I'd try and do the Zidane left foot volley against Bayer Leverkusen yeah. into the top corner. And I remember doing it once. once. Uh, it it yeah, happened yeah. once. Hundred, I, went I have mental. hundreds of attempts. But these, these goals that don't look like other goals are the ones that you remember because you try to create them yourself. And like the person on this... YouTube comment said they called it the Ronnie Whelan. Yeah, yeah. And the Croy yeah, for the near post, you call it you call it the Zola. The, yeah. a, a free kick at the outside of the boot that goes in, you call it the Carlos. Roberto Carlos, yeah. yeah. Did, did you used to commentate when you were doing it? I did. When I was trying these goals or trying these No, goals. I would I would generally, as previously discussed, <laughs> every time it went wrong, just go, James <laughs> Ronnie Whelan. I went out on the on the on the on a night out in Dublin with Ronnie Whelan and Ray Houghton. And a couple of producers from the RTE. Quiet, quiet night in at the library. Not really. I, I, think I not. ended up getting into the hotel at half five in the morning, mm. and I had to get up at half seven because I was going to interview Giovanni Trapattoni at eight o'clock via translator. Not recommended. No, no. no. Ray Houghton gave me or Ray Houghton. Great night, great night. But I had my radio debut being interviewed by Ray Houghton. Yes, you, you said yeah. At the 2005 Open Championship, my first one of my first sporting events I did as a young journalist. And uh, Dan Davis might be listening. Big fan of Giant. Dan Davis, one of uh, one of the good guys, a brilliant journalist. Dan got me on because I had managed to, in jeans and a t-shirt, walk into the players' dressing room at St Andrews yeah, and right. just took took some pictures. There's Jack Nicholas's locker and stuff like that. And they got me on uh, radio to talk about it. And Dan Davis said, "You'll be fine." Don't swear, just before I went on. And then I was having to deal with Ray Outen, another one of my childhood football heroes. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and Ray, brilliant fella, and we interviewed him again we did, didn't for we? the Paul McGrath episode of Giant, and Ray was fucking great. Great footballers, both of them. Great goal, that, James. Shinner or not. And a great team, yeah. It doesn't matter if it was a Shinner. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, all press espresso, art of football and Percival menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Mundial Archive. We're down the side of the sofa. We are in the shoe boxes on top of the shelves. Oh, bloody hell. I have to throw that one away. We are, uh, <laughs> we are delving deep. Into the Mundial archive. <laughs> Seb's gone. It's good. It's good. Delving deep into the Mundial archive. And we're going outside of the magazine today. And because um, the day um, this podcast is launched is also Ozzy Ardiles' birthday. Hello, Ozzy. You I mean, definitely won't be listening. Um, he might be. Your son might. Fed. Sorry, Fed might be, yeah. Fed might be. Ozzy won't. No, no but Fed, no. Fed interacts with us a lot. Anyway, um, hello, Fed. Um, send Ozzy our love. So 
a few years ago, we made a story I'd sort of been, um, I'd known for a long time. I just remembered it. It's one of those things that stick in, stuck in my head anyway, not obviously everyone else's, because a lot of people said, oh, I never knew about this. And a lot of people said, oh, I remember mm. this, I was there. Mm. For one night in the 80s, the then best player in the world, Maradona, came to play at Ozzie Ardiles' testimonial. A lot of the other Argentina squ- squad said no because the manager, was it Bilardo? Mm. Yep. Wouldn't, yeah. Said, you can't go. And they all said, okay. Maradona just got on a flight. <laughs> yeah. Ozzie had to go and pick him up from Heathrow. <laughs> it's a great picture. Um, so for the archive, I'm just going to do a little bit from the script and then um, we can talk a little bit more about it. It's May the 1st, 1986, 6.53pm, deep in the bowels of Tottenham Hotspur's White Hart Lane Stadium. All eyes are on a thick-set man, five foot five inches tall. And then we go into a fan saying, he was just stood there barefooted and there were reams and reams of autograph books and programmes being fed into the dressing room. Can you sign this? Can you sign this? And while he was doing it, he had a ball at his feet and he was tapping it up and down like a basketball player taps a ball up and down. And, you know, it takes a lot for professional players to be impressed, but apparently a few jaws dropped and just went, wow. That man is Diego Maradona, the man who can do with his feet what you cannot do with your hands, the best player in the world. And then we go on to set up the episode, and this is me and James uh, wrote this. English football was miserable in the mid-80s. Hooliganism was rife. Attendance is plummeting, so for Maradona to turn up at all was something to shout about. This just wasn't any Diego Maradona. This was right at his peak, Maradona. Obliterating brutal Serie A defences every week, Maradona. 51 days out from a display of Machiavellian cunning and monstrous skill in the 1986 World Cup quarter-final Maradona. And he's in town to play in a testimonial for his mate, Ozzy Ardiles. And then it says something like, I'm Owen Backhurst and welcome to Giant, which I just <laughs> wanted to say again. Uh, this is a night about a story of pure wonder in North London. Now, over to James, who did most... Uh, well, no, Seven James did split the interviews on this. I think Seb did Ozzy and, and James did a few, but... The first line is, our producer Seb is sat with Ozzy Ardiles and his son Federico. There are photos on the walls, medals in the cabinet. Let's start with some magic. And Ozzy says some stuff here. And Seb, you were there. And he says um, about the first time he saw Maradona. And he was like, he turned up, he was 16. We were playing a a national team game in the Boca Juniors Stadium. And and Ozzy says, even though we were concentrating about the game, we couldn't fail to notice how good this 15-year-old kid was. He just walked all around the stadium with the ball in his feet on his head and so on, just doing magic tricks. He says, we always thought he was still a little bit young to be put under this kind of pressure when he came to the national team a few months after that. He was man of the match every single game. And for a person that loved football like me, as he said, it was just beautiful to see somebody so good. And I realised pretty quickly that we would never see anybody like him again, not ever, because he was just so good. I mean... And that was the most popular ever episode of... um, yeah, it was. Giant. And as a little aside, when Maradona died about six months after that, we got a call from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Would anyone like to come on the radio and talk about Maradona that night for a Canadian audience? I said yes. What I didn't realise was it was 10 different regional stations. I was on fucking, I was sat in my bed for four and a half hours. <laughs> Good evening, Saskatchewan. <laughs> right? And there was, like, even the hosts didn't know Maradona was sometimes. So talk to, us, talk to us about him as a hockey player. And I had to go stuff like, hang on, live. No, 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 he's a, he was a footballer. And then they all wanted to... And I, I ended up going into bat for Maradona on Canadian radio and I got more and more pissed off because people were just saying, oh, just tell us about the drugs. And I was going, you, like, you've got to talk about him as a footballer. What about you? What do you do in your spare time? Who's judging you? Yeah. So I ended up, I was quite hungover because I got pissed the night he died the night before, like, like I think a lot of probably did. And I ended up going to bat into Maradona. Seb, James, you both worked on that episode. Where does it rank? Uh, tell us your stories. For one... I think that as soon as you started to read out the very, very first lines of this, it's, it's May the 1st, 1986, 6.53 p.m., deep in the bowels of Tottenham Hotspurs. White Hart Lane. Exactly. All I could think about was the 80s track that Harry Harris had put together. And then the sound design that Tyo put into it, which is, of course, the ball you mentioned the ball bouncing. And as soon as that hears, all you can start to hear is the ball just going... So that's what I thought about when you read this. But for me, so I interviewed Martin Tyler for this and then a Spurs fan called uh, Adam Powley. And Danny Danny Kelly. Kelly. And Danny Kelly. I did also interview Danny Kelly. But all of them spoke about that they set up this night as a completely sort of magic night, separate to everything else that was happening in the world. So different. Yeah. 
You it, didn't see these players. You didn't get to see them. No. And they, they spoke about how it was an early summer night, how they remember it being so sunny and warm, the sun coming down as they all sort of walked to the stadium. And um, then Diego just putting on a clinic. And of course, the other thing that they all mentioned was how well he played with Glenn Hoddle in that game. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and the, from the, I think it was from the second half, they all said, how they turned it on together and they were spotting each other in places that nobody else could see them, little one-twos, the yeah. flicks were direct to each other's feet. Speaking to Martin Tyler about it was super interesting. He spoke to Diego um, after the There's game. There's a clip on YouTube, isn't there, of an interview with yeah, him? Yeah, for, for ITV, actually. Talking about Hoddle there, James, we've got, I've, got a, I've just gone to a bit in the script here and it's like, but the best bit of all... It's him and Glenn Hoddle taking it to the playground. Hoddle, 28 years old, in his prime, the antithesis of the midfield workhorse. Absolutely thrilled to be sharing the grass with a true thoroughbred. And then between the two of them, there's sneaky short free kicks, dinks around the corner, five-yard runs that only they can see. They're not goading anyone, they're just on a different planet together. And we, I interviewed Glenn Hoddle not that long after we produced the episode for something else. And I remember talking to him about that game and he... Glenn Hoddle's played with some amazing players, doesn't yeah. he? Unfortunately, it wasn't for the episode, wasn't it, really? Look yeah. Like yeah, no, but it came, <laughs> yeah. it came out for his film I, that he did. I know. But, yeah, yeah. I, know. but you, I, think you asked, I think you asked where this ranks. And for me, I think it's the best episode of that second series. When, when we sort of sent our episode examples to the British Podcast Awards, we sent this. Which we won which we won, and they then referenced this episode they did, yeah. when they gave us the award, which was all of the other um, very, very sort of well-established podcasts were read out, and we thought we're going to struggle with... Uh, you Jake Humphreys, you people... You're well-performing podcasts. Exactly. Number three came up, number two came up, and me and Seb looked at each other and said, oh, God, you know, we, we haven't won this, what a shame. And then... Cutting the, to the couch in Tunbridge Wells, James, where I was watching it from. You were yeah. Yeah. on the live feed. And then they, they sort of start hinting towards a football podcast to me and Seb go, hang on. And then they say... And the winner, the head, shoulders head and, and hand, hand of Maradona of above the competition <laughs> is giant. Um, and... We we, <laughs> me, we we skipped, didn't we? We didn't even we walk. We, we, we floated, we, actually. We, we floated. We, we, we floated yeah. to the stage. And... Look, it's it's so nice that we we did that, and and it's so nice that we got recognition from it as well. I think that's the best thing. And but genuinely, it's a great piece of audio. I still get um, shivers thinking about this now. If someone had told me, I don't know, when I was fucking eighteen, that I would be able to make an episode about a part of Maradona's career that never got talked about, but I knew about, and to encapsulate one brilliant night, then I wouldn't have believed him, and I would have bit their hand off as well. And if Honestly, if I'd have, my career had stopped there and it had all gone to fucking shit on the back on the back on the skips and in the skips, then I, it was um, it was the zen, it, like it was the 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 apex of it all mm. from, yeah. for, of, of, of of doing long form audio. That was everybody should listen to it for a start. But if anyone wants a little laugh, just type in Diego Maradona, Ozzy Ardila's car, and see Ozzy <laughs> picking him up from the airport and driving him to White Hart Lane. <laughs> Enjoying this podcast but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Collectible football shite. Today, a collector of stuff who's not allowed to keep most of it because his, his wife doesn't like it knocking around the house, unlike Seb's. And his flat's as big as this podcast recording room. Yeah, and it's got lots of nudes on the wall. Um, anyway. It <laughs> <laughs> has, um, has dutty. Do do you know what? My dad it. actually asked me about them last time he came. What's all the sexy stuff, Jamie? <laughs> he just said, I thought I'd ask, is it, is it you or Matilda? Who likes the boobs? He's got, <laughs> Got all, he's got all these nudes on the wall. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I just said both of us. Dad. Yeah. And yeah. you. Yeah. And you. So stop hiding it. Yeah. And you've and you've brought them up. No one. No one else mentioned them apart from it. you and Owen. Yeah. 
Anyway, James, collectible football shite. This is a, a belter. So this is a photo book, photobiography called Semplicemente del Piero. So simply del Piero. It was published in 2002 and the photographer is a man called Gianni Gianzanti. So Gianni met uh, del Piero at a national team training camp and uh, asked to go to the bar and he showed him his portfolio of work um, and then a couple of days later they met up in Turin and Gianni said to him I, I want to do a photo book of you and I, I want to I want to be with you for a year and and photograph your life you know no nobody else has, has really done this and look at it though this is like fucking in his pomp del piero this is hair grown he's he's got past the uncomfortable pointy sideburns stage for a lot of it a great Juve kit. He's got his. He's got his preds on. There's an Adidas tango. At his, there is an Adidas tango at his feet. Um, let's have a look at some of the stuff in the book, shall we? So, inside the book is oh. absolutely everything you would ever want to see from Del Piero's life. Give it here. I'll, I'll, I'll hold yeah. it up and you talk about it. So. You know, you've got him with Zinedine Zidane at a service station on the way home from a game. Del Piero getting off with... <laughs> He's in a tree! Del Piero getting off with his girlfriend and Zidane in the corner eating a pizza. You've got him doing things like climbing trees. Climbing trees. What's next? What's next? What's next? He... Are we Blackhurst rustly trombone? I mean, here, here, <laughs> oh, here he is. Uh, this is in Miami, I think, um, with his girlfriend. I won't give it another flick. You've got him cycling in the changing rooms at Juve. You've got him sunbathing naked on a roof terrace in Turin. You've got him watching telly in a trattoria whilst eating his dinner. You've got him in his convertible car in Miami, reading newspapers on his bed, having a shave. This, these are unlike some pictures you've seen have, have seen in football. Isn't so, it? so this is this, this is, what, is all this is access all areas. So this beautiful. is access all, all areas. And the reason I think Three it's so again. special is that, especially you know this. Oh, is, him running. Oh, oh, him running in the rain in, rain. in, in Turin. Wow, um, that so is beautiful. I think if you go back 20 years, you only ever really saw footballers on the pitch or if they were in the papers from doing something off the pitch that was considered unruly. So to get access all areas like this, and especially for someone's life that is was obviously so interesting, like Del Piero's, it's incredible. I remember the first time I heard about who Andre, Alessandro Del Piero was as a footballer. There was a pre, there was a preview in a magazine. Might have been World Soccer, might have been Full Foot, whatever. And it was about twenty best young strikers in Europe. And it said, Alessandro Del Piero, forward Juventus, makes Robbie Fowler look like a car horse. And I thought, I'm not having that. He's <laughs> <laughs> still angry now. Look at the no, no, no. But then I saw him play, and I was like, yes. Oh my fucking god! Yes. It was like, you know, torch straight from Baggio into Del Piero's hands. Different types of players, not as fantastical, but two-footed. Like, the, the way he moved, he was liquid, Alessandro mm, Del Piero, yeah, as a yeah. footballer. It's, I, it's one of my great blessings that he was one of my players I loved and I got to see a lot of him a good player a good man a great leader he when, took that responsibility well didn't he when did it come out James and where can people buy it or is so, it one off so the book came out in 2002 Gianni the photographer died actually in 2009 and I know that his son who I spoke to for an interview after after buying the book um, he sort of is keeping a website going and sort of great. showing a lot of his photos off. I mean the photo of Del Piero kissing his girlfriend and Zidane this... eating pizza in the background of just this normal service station in Italy is probably my favourite football photo of all time. Yeah. It's just so beautiful and casual and shows relationships off the pitch. Um, Are you allowed that on the wall? Would I, I would be allowed that on the wall, if yeah. He, if he was topless. If they, if they were both topless. <laughs> if, all, if all three of them were topless. If Zidane had his murking out. Um, <laughs> there's, um, there's a quote from Gianni, the photographer, that's in the blurb of it and when he's sort of explaining what it was like to have this access to Del Piero and he says uh, if you've got something to do with someone like Alessandro Del Piero there are no limits to your fantasy everything happens in an instant spontaneously and as you flick through this book I hope you'll understand why I bought it for about 30 quid and I think it was from someone in Thailand maybe who, who owned it and I had a look when I was asked to bring it in for this, at how much they were going for now, and the only one that I could find was for four hundred and twenty dollars. So, so it's not shite, and it's definitely collectible. Brilliant. Oh, just stick this in here. For oh, the <laughs> yeah. 
Tommy Stewart's rusty trombola. No, no, no. Do not include that. No, no. Despicable piece. Beast. No. He's beast. Beast. You're a beast. He's gone to VAR and it's um it's offside, Tommy. You're offside. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Oh, and you explain it better than me, so quickly explain it. Tommy Stewart's Rusty Trombola is where Tommy delves into football history and asks us who was playing in a position for a team on any given night. We are getting worse at it or he is getting better. <laughs> who yeah, knows? Yeah, that's a good question. I am getting better. I'm do. I'm working harder on it. I'm doing some research. And ever since Owen uh, called me out on uh, the simplicity of the concept, I've changed it up a bit. It's the Premier League. It's December 18th. It's cold. It's Christmas. It's in the Steel City. It's Hillsborough. Euro 96 feels like it happened in 1966. Instead of what, three months before? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was trying to be flowery, but anyway, let's get to the question. What I want to know is who played number 10 for Sheffield Wednesday, and he scored that day. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Owen. Palo de Canio. I'm sure that's correct. No. No. Seb White. Paul Warhurst. Nope. Fiddlesticks. Ooh, yeah. Owen Blackus. Benito Carbone. That's correct. Right. Oh! For fuck's sake, I knew it. That was oh. a tense one. That was that oh. was a good one. I'm out. I knew that oh. and I didn't say it. So annoyed. You were, you were just... That's <laughs> you! Go, 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 go! The rusty trombone has been given some WD-40. <laughs> the cheek James is at Bird. the ready. James no, Bird has got his the ready. James Bird has Bits. got his head in he's his hands. It. You look like you need a rusty trombone, son. <laughs> Cheer you up. I'm so annoyed. I don't know why I didn't just say it. Eight. Neither do I, because it was on the... And the good thing is he'll be quiet about it. I hate it. <laughs> Owen at the top of the league with 21 points. Well done, mate. You are running away with it. 21 again. In and outs, ins and outs, ins and outs. Let's get through these. Um, Seb White, in. In. Vary your match day rotation up by having a couple of 0% beers. They're really good. It's not the shit ones like Calibre and, and stuff like that used to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get some good bits. Vary it up and it just makes it a bit better for a match day and it makes you hang over a lot better the next day. Well, because there's no alcohol in them. <laughs> in. Well, if... <laughs> James Bird. Oh, is James is still fuming? Moving on. Um, I have put the small stuff, and what I mean by this, probably an extension of some of the stuff we talked about last week with Calm, is, is that learning to uh, embrace the mundane in, in pursuit of happiness and Very. not needing everything to be dopamine chasing and the ability to just sit there and have like some strawberries in a bowl of porridge and just go, fucking hell, isn't that great? Oh, just look yeah. out Lovely the, that. Look out the window. And, nice. just, and just embracing the mundane, I've found, has been a great way to mental clarity more than clarity or just happiness. And, and not, not everything has to be doing something or dopamine related or fucking and don't beat, yeah. non-stop. And don't beat yourself up about it. And Enjoy do it. nothing. Do nothing. I think that's brilliant. Do nothing. And find a way to get yourself to the position where you can do nothing and your brain to allow you to do nothing. I could heartily recommend it. Nice. Just That's, rest. Just rest. I'm out of the gloom now. I can say what. James, the Nike ACG water cat shoes. They're sort of from that sort of long lineage of string woven trainers. Uh, they've even got holes in the sole of them to, for water drainage. So if you're going to the beach, or you're going to a rocky sort of bay. These are the shoes Ooh, to wear. I might get some of these. I'm, oh, they're I've, brilliant. I've, yeah, yeah, I've, I've ordered I've been my hovering. pair. They've got them in. They've got them in white and a, and a purple. Yeah. They're, they're beautiful. They're, yeah. How much bunts are we talking? 100, uh, 110. 15, I think. That's all right. Yeah. Which, which brings me on to my ad. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> oh, a link. Well, no, hang on, because Tommy, Tommy's got a... Do you know what? For that rudeness... Mm, not sure they're in, James. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy. Order, please. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> Nino, Nino, Nino. <laughs> oh, no, I watching, just jumped into a pit of snakes. Watching... <laughs> Watching YouTube documentaries about 20th century wars and dictators and trying to cross-reference with Seb. Yeah. And that is the only time that Seb really kind of like talks down at me when he's like, mm, not sure if you're right about that one, mate. Do you know why I'm going to put this in? <laughs> so I don't have to do it. <laughs> in. Right, on to outs. Seb, we're going to go last with yours. Tommy, straight into you. One of my best mates. We've been friends since year seven. He is getting married to the love of his life. Great guy, good, Joe Crockett. Good job. Shout out. Good job. Yes, and I am the best man. Great job. I'm the best man, and uh, writing this speech is giving me hell. 
and I'm not looking forward to doing it. Really? Why? Well, but I know I'll enjoy it once it's there, but it's just the anticipation. Just put a pair of headphones on and pretend it's a podcast. <laughs> as a three-time as a three-time best man, do you want do you want any tip? Yeah, go listen. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, plenty. Don't plenty. sweat the speech. You know what you want to say about this person. Just make some good. Just make some good notes, right? Just bullet point out everything you want to talk about, and then when you're delivering the best man speech, my dad gave me this tip, and it's worked. So when you're talking to a room of people, three second rule. So there will be portion the room up into however many portions it is. Could be four, could be eight, depending on the shape of the room. And spend three seconds going back and forth between each section. You never have to fixate on one person. You're constantly moving around. You get everyone on side. Start with a joke. Don't be a cunt. Do not fucking throw the groom under in a way that is going to turn people off. Everyone there wants you to succeed because they know how difficult it is. But if you go too far, you're dead. In. Done. Okay, cool. Thanks. Like for my, bro- my, my brothers who definitely won't be listening to this, I stopped when he got to 18 because I knew his in-laws wouldn't want to know anything after that. So yeah. I just stopped. I stitched him up a little bit. That's, about a, thing, good, that's a good joke. Things we did when we were a kid. He, I mean, and funnily enough, two years, three years earlier on mine or maybe five years earlier, his the first lines of his best man speech were I was asked to prepare, prepare some lines for today, so I've done them in the box. <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to tell a room of people about every arrest and red card and things like that. So he stitched me up. He then shit himself for months that I was going to do the same, and I was I mean, the bigger man and just uh, and so that you reverse power of power of minus ten. Yes, power of minus hundred seven. Well done, Owen. Oh, and I've got to say, having done a best man speech, that is great advice from what Owen says. I also did two. Yeah. Best man speech. Don't yeah, sweat it, it's one. fine. First of many, I would have thought. Okay, this is a table of best men. Go on then, James. The price of Nike Air Force Ones, they're £110 now. No. In most shops. They've been my go-to trainer since I was a kid. Oh, what a mind. You expect them to be the same price? No, just just not be a But even a couple pounds. of years ago, they were yeah, yeah, 80, yeah, yeah, yeah. 70? See also yeah. Clark's originals, unfortunately, but that's just, the world is, just, everything's getting more expensive, James. Yeah. I know, but... I, oh, don't get me wrong. I For Air Force you, Ones, though, that does feel... They're, they're just, you know, a classic silhouette, everyday shoe, beauty, yeah. you know. know. Yeah, but they're the hype shoe amongst kids, aren't they, again? Yeah. But they, they're not a hype shoe. They've but they stayed, are amongst kids at that the age. Same. They've stayed the same for they're decades. The, they're the, they're, they are the, buy some forever. They're the go-to gym shoe of a lot of kids that age. I see them knocking around. Mm. All, all the poor bastards are trying they? to run. I wouldn't wear them in the gym, no. Good for lifting, but they're all trying to run in them afterwards. Yeah. Clomping around on a fucking treadmill. Anyway, no, that's not out. I just think that's life. I think that's life, Jim. Mine is an out, and I think this everyone can get behind get on board with this. The tyranny of choice. Uh, I'm frequently time poor, and I'm not um, watching or reading as much stuff as I used to to relax. And I just can't deal with the scrolling and, and the searching and the reading of reviews. And it's like, what did I do in my life before I did all of that to find something to watch? I just need some things to watch. If anyone's got film recommendations or books or anything, I'm just, I cannot fucking do the research uh, and the scrolling. Have you watched the Gallows Pole yet? The Shane Meadows thing? No. It's brilliant. There you go. There you are. But I, need well, I agree with you though, it's a pain. I'm sick of it. I'm going to have to get rid of everything and, and I, I don't know. It's, it's, Start again. It's done maybe. my fucking head in. Yeah. Looking. If you've got 70 films on your list and you scroll through your list three times a week and still don't want to watch any of them, why are they on your fucking list in the first mate, place? Very yes. good. It's well, making mate. my ADHD worse. I've, same. I've had a Cape Fear on there for two years. <laughs> I would just say that um, that's just life, Owen. Oh! <laughs> oh, God. Right. Fucking all the Tommy guns coming out. Honestly. Soon. It's fine, mate. I'll just replace him. <laughs> we uh, cannot replace him. We stone cold Assad. Oh, we can. Assad. Fucking Osman Barak Hamsi. Seb, out. Talking about being time poor and waste, wasting time doing silly things. Fantasy League. You'll be getting loads of emails about, I joined my Fantasy League. Fuck it off. Do Save you do yourself it? the bother. Don't do it. Do you do it? No. Well, was it in your outs then? So you just don't think other people should waste their time doing it. It's boring. So, you, so you've used this to tell other people that they can't do something which might be fun to them. No, I just think it's not fun. No, mate, you're out of order here. It is fun to some people. It's not fun to you. You don't do it. Save yourself the bother. You'll regret it. This is like... Are you, Come October and November, you'll be like, oh, God, I've got to check my team again on Friday. You, but maybe they like doing that. What do I you mean? do it with my 12-year-old nephew, and, and they he, do it I know he's going to get bored after two weeks, oh. so it's fine. Okay, well, it seems that I've misjudged this. Yeah, you have. No, you've just misjudged. <laughs> Who are you to be telling other people what to do? You gone Tory? It's finally, finally, West London got hold of you. <laughs> Fucking hell! Just save. I'm just saying, save yourself the bother. But what, what if they like the bother? Isn't that sort of what ins and outs is though? No. What if people like the price of Air Force Ones? 
No, yeah, but that's completely different. He's going with someone else's hobby. Yes. And just telling them that they shouldn't do it. A yeah, man, it's not I, something he does. Okay. Yeah. The Fair price enough. of Air Force Ones is just capitalism, James. Rage against the beast. I I, I do. Well, there, there you go. Rage yeah. against the hype. Yeah, no, I, this is more of advice rather than telling people not to do it. Advice. You'll regret it. Right, dear Deirdre. <laughs> you'll get to October and you go, why have I... And you get sucked in. But they don't regret it. People win money off it. I would read a little column called Dear Dennis, which is <laughs> your middle name. People just write it in for advice. Okay, I'm guessing I'm going to take a hunch here that I'm not going to be in the out section. Seb, for what's worth, I agree. I think it ruins watching football. That's your personal experience because I agree as well yeah. because I would never I put players too. in I didn't like so I would never be able to win. Just ruins watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Liverpool no, I... go one nil up. Oh my God, Salah hasn't scored. Oh, I'm with you pure. on all that. Telling other people how they should live their lives? Not for me, Clive. <laughs> this has been... <laughs> Reminding you why you love football. Oh, God. We've got a great issue out at the moment um, on the 75 coolest goalkeepers of all time. MondayOnMag.com to subscribe to that. You get loads of free stuff. It is great. At MondayOnMag on Twitter and Instagram. I have been Owen Okachukwu Blackhurst, your host. He has been Dickhead So Twice. Nice. They named him thrice. <laughs> JJ James Burt. No. He has been Sunday Seb White and he has been Taribo Tommy Stewart. Super Eagles. Go and listen to that if you want. Um, thank you very much. Please re, uh, review, rate, share this. We're really enjoying doing it and we want to continue. Um, goodbye. Thank, thank you. Tara. All the best. Reminding you why you love football is a Monday Isle and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.